Hello, hello, my friends. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or even good night. <laughs> Whenever you decide to listen to this episode, I'm so excited. But before I get into that, I'm your host, Jazz, like the music, or Lil Mama, whichever one you prefer. And per usual, I always have to thank my listeners, my friends, my followers, my supporters, my family. Y'all are the reason I do this. This podcast is for y'all, but specifically for you. And as I said before, I want you guys to know that if you ever want to support this podcast, besides just being your amazing self, you can always look into the show notes and click the listener support link. Whether it's a dollar or more, anything helps with this podcast and the future episodes. As well as if you want to keep up with all my little adventures, you can um, check out my website, mothernose.com. That's M-U-V-A-K-N-O-W-S.com. You'll find that I have a new podcast called Mother Book Mania. But instead of talking about it here, you can keep up with it there or any of your listening platforms. And you can follow me on Instagram at Lil Mother, that's L-I-L dot M-U-V-A. You can message me, write me, send me ideas, people you want to hear on here, and etc. The list goes on. You know, there is no such thing as a stranger in my world. I will always, always, always write back. But enough about that. As you guys know, it's fall time, it's autumn, and I thought the perfect way to introduce the season is to take a look into jewelry. When's the last time you've known somebody who made jewelry? Have you ever thought about the process? Have you ever thought about their inspiration? Well, I'm just going to go ahead and just jump in. So, enough of me nagging. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Have you ever realized how hard it is to sit down and read a book sometimes? I'm here to solve that with Audible Plus. Audible Plus takes the hassle out of all that with over 10,000 titles to choose from, and it literally grows every week. So you'll gain access to a selection of Audible originals, audiobooks, and podcasts, including exclusive series for only $7.95 a month. So do me a favor and use that link in my show notes and start your free trial today. Thank you, Audible Plus, for sponsoring my podcast. All right, guys. So y'all know I love for my guests to introduce themselves, so you have the spotlight. Hi, everyone. I am Teresa Patton. I'm excited to be here. I am a Chattanooga native. I've been here all my life for many, many years. I won't tell you how many. Um, and 
I've been an artist and a maker for probably most of that time. I, I can't remember much beyond like seven years of age. So, <laughs> How did you get into like your crafts? Um, I had a super supportive grandmother. She let me go to the craft store and buy anything I wanted. It was so amazing. Um, I grew up in the 80s where we had all that really tacky, like <laughs> we made these crazy brooms and hats and put these big bows on them and flowers. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my God, those were so ugly. But every <laughs> week we would go and she'd be like, pick out what you want. So she really fostered that creative spirit in me. And that's that's what we did. Every time we were together, we played. Did you take like a break from anything and then pick it back up or you always been like super consistent with that? Um, I'd say I've taken breaks off and on throughout the years. Um, I've got two kids. So of course, as you have kids, sometimes the fun things kind of get put to the side. So when my oldest was little, I quit doing a lot of things then because, you know, first time mom, I, I wanted to make all the the homemade baby food and you know all that kind of stuff so I put my stuff to the side for that mm -hmm. and as she got a little bit older I went back to school and started taking some art classes and started learning how to paint and draw and kind of got back into it um, and didn't stop again for a long time we were actually renovating a house as, and I, I stopped painting and you know, I, I kind of got in a, a foul mood. I just I never felt excited about anything, and you know, I didn't realize it until later that that was depression. I was experiencing depression because I wasn't creating anything. And at the time, my <clears throat> husband came in and brought some jewelry pieces and was like, "Here, why don't you try this?" And it has skyrocketed since then. I don't, I haven't stopped since then. And that's been 12-ish years that I've been mostly focused on jewelry. So, so what's one of your like favorite pieces you've ever made before? Oh, well, they're all different and they're like children. It's hard to pick my favorite. <laughs> Um, but probably some of the ones that I get the most excited about making are my multi-wrap bracelets that have lava beads in them. I'm a hippie at heart, so I like to use the essential oils and do more natural things. And so having jewelry that allows me to do that and just put my essential oils onto the lava beads and have them with me all day um, is, is really important to me. So that's one of the things I get the most excited about making. Is it like therapeutic for you, like making this jewelry and like, you know, painting and everything? Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell people that when I, I stress craft, whenever I am upset about something, I will go in my craft room, my AKA my creativity room is what I call it a lot of times. Hey. Quick side note, my friend, if you ever want to support this podcast, other than being your amazing, awesome self and listening to this right now, you can um, go to the show notes, scroll down where it says support this podcast, click that link, and however much you send will help this podcast, whether it's a dollar or more, everything goes to improving and keeping this podcast going. So with that being said, 
Thank you, my friend. I just I will get in there and I will make and make and make until I am just ready to fall asleep. Um, it's so therapeutic for me because I don't think about anybody else or anything except for what's in front of me. And no matter how bad of a day it's been, that always gets me in a better mood. So do you feel like, like when you're going through like this therapeutic like moment, do you make jewelry or art for yourself or for other people? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I would say it's probably more for myself, but I make it, I make what I see and what I think is going to look good together. And it's almost like I'm making it, but I don't know why I'm making it or why those things go together. And then when I take it to like when the markets are somewhere and I see someone pick it up and just the joy on their face, then I know that I've made it for them. And I just didn't know that it was for them. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So um, what's one of your like favorite mediums to paint on? Well, recently I've been doing a lot of painting on wood earrings. So um, it's kind of crazy how it's come full circle that whenever I started painting, I was painting on canvases and I'd paint on wood and like furniture pieces and things like that. And then as I got more and more into jewelry and people were saying, oh, I, I need something really light. I don't like heavy earrings. I started thinking, oh, well, you know, what are my options? And I found some really awesome wood earrings that had really nice carvings on them. And I got those and I started painting them and I, I paint with my fingers whenever I do it. It's so much fun. It just, again, it kind of puts me in my own zone mm -hmm. and I get in there and I start painting those. So that's what I've really been painting a lot of lately. I haven't done as much um, like brush and canvas painting, but you know, I haven't felt the need for it because I think I'm getting my painting fixed with the earrings. <laughs> I love that though. Um, I seen on Instagram that you had like this, this wooden on it and it looked it's so amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I love Frida. <laughs> mm -hmm. So tell like our listeners um, why you like Frida. And we're talking about Frida Kahlo if you guys don't know. Yeah, so for a long time, I was just really drawn to her, and I didn't know much about her, and I was like, oh, you know, she's that girl with the one eyebrow. She's she's kind of neat, <laughs> um, and then, so I was like, well, you know, if I like her so much, I need to read about her, so then I started really reading and getting to know about her life, and it just all the things that she had happened to her as a child, having sickness, having an accident, and she did not give up her dream of painting. She created this contraption. I don't know what to call it, but when she was bedridden and she couldn't you know, move off of her back, she had this piece created that would hold her canvases so she could paint in bed. And, you know, just her desire to continue to always move towards what made her happy. And the fact that she didn't really conform to what we would consider beauty standards. I mean, she had, you know, a light mustache, she had the unibrow and, you know, today's society, we're like, oh my God, that's crazy. But 
that's just who she was and she didn't apologize for it or didn't try to change it for anybody else and after that I was like okay I'm getting her tattooed on my body <laughs> so <laughs> I never forget that lesson to always be true to myself wow has it made you um so has it made you be able to like feel more confident when you're you know dealing with day-to-day life and choices and everything like that that reminder of that tattoo yeah definitely it has I've got two really nice pieces that I look at often to kind of give me that reminder um and you know a lot of times in the summer I wear short sleeves or tank tops so I have the opportunity to share her story with other people and that gives me like a whole other like boost (laughs) I have a reminder yeah so and you know it's been great I talk to strangers all the time they're like oh my gosh I love your tattoo I love Frida and and you know we talk about it just like we've known each other forever so it's great it's like that connection anybody who like loves her it's mm-hmm. just like we know, we know how deep we feel we know how passionate mm-hmm. we are that's just how it is oh yeah one of my favorite things is like uh, when she was alive, she was known as Diego's wife, but after passing, mm-hmm. he was known as uh, her husband kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> the switching of yeah. was amazing to me. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. She has superseded him in so many ways. I mean, I, I don't do a lot of like gallery visits or anything, but they have, you know, the virtual exhibits of like Monet and Van Gogh, and they had one for Frida Kahlo, but I haven't seen one for Diego at all. So I'm like, mm-hmm. that's actually now that you said that, I haven't either. That's that's wild to even think about. Mm-hmm. What's like the most um, challenging thing when it comes to like painting? Um, for me, it, it's making something look 3D that's not, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't do a lot of abstracts. I do all of nature scenes and, you know, I recently I've really gotten into trying to do things with the, the female body. I've done a few, a few paintings of Frida. They do her no justice, but, <laughs> uh, but I love them. Um, and so, you know, I started with her and then I started doing some of the female body aspects like the torso, the hips, you know, the lips, things like that. Um, and really just trying to get that, you know, that 3D aspect has been hard, but it is, it's almost like it's become easier to do it in nature with shadows. And so I feel confident in my landscape photos and things like that. Um, but that has been challenging and I mean, it's enjoyable, especially Mm -hmm. when you finish and you're like, whew, I did that. That looks great. (laughs) But in the meantime, there's there's usually a little bit of um, alcohol involved to get me here. (laughs) I can do that. (laughs) So um, do you do all of your, like, creative stuff in your creative room? Or do you sometimes, like, venture out and do it at, like, different locations and stuff? Oh, I do it everywhere. (laughs) 
Um, I have my creative room and I moved some stuff into the dining room so that I could be closer to my kid when I'm working. Um, and I've actually been working on building my own little creativity cabin in my backyard so that I have something separate from the house, the cats, the kid, you know, all that kind of stuff. So when I want to get away, I can go out there. Um, it's not quite ready yet, but I'm hoping within the next couple of months. Um, and a lot of times I pack up stuff and I take it to a friend's house that also does some type of creative stuff. Um, you know, if they make jewelry, I take jewelry. If they paint, I take paintings. And we just hang out and, and make it a social event. And it's so much fun. Oh, I like that. Like a like a painting type of thing, like a painting circle and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Do you have like a lot of jury making friends? Um, I used to, but I feel like um, some of them have kind of gotten out of it or, um, you know, unfortunately with COVID, a lot of people, their shops kind of had went by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And I think that made them not want to do it anymore. Um, but right now I've only got about three or four that, that make jewelry. Do y'all like um, learn from each other? Or is it kind of like y'all just do your own thing? Like do you have moments of being like stuck with something and ask questions? Oh yeah. I'm always like, what is wrong with this pair of earrings? <laughs> <laughs> and I send a picture. I'm like, or does this look right? Or would this look better? Um, you know, so I, we do a lot of um, texting support. Mm-hmm. We, we send photos. Um, there's a place in Knoxville that holds a, a week-long conference each year that I me and several of my friends go to. And I actually found it shortly after I got into jewelry making. It's called um, JTV, Jewelry Television. Um, and they, they teach us how to make things. They also teach about gemstones and things like that, which I haven't really gotten into too many of the gemstones because I like things with a lot more personality. And it's hard to always do that if you're working with fine stones. Mm. And then you also have to charge a lot. So, you know, I try to make mine kind of a, a an average price, you know, something affordable for everyone, nothing that's, you know, too expensive, but also good quality items that, that you can spend $20, $30 and have a nice piece. Mm-hmm. Is it hard, like choosing the prices for each item? Oh, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, as, as a creative, I think a lot of times we don't, um, we don't think of it as work because we're having so much fun. So we forget to charge for our time. And so, you know, for me, I'm always like, well, I know how much the materials cost, but how much is my time worth? And so, you know, at this point, it's just an arbitrary number that I'm like, well, you know, maybe $5 for this one and $10 for this one, depending on how hard I had to work for it. Mm-hmm. Um, But it is hard because I know a lot of it is that perceived value that people are going to have from it, how much, you know, it it sparks something in them versus how much they're going to look at it and go, oh, yeah, it's a bracelet with some black and gray beads. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and Mm -hmm. so a lot of times there's an education factor to it as well. Um, the few gemstones that I work with are more for things that are like healing properties. So I do a lot of tiger's eye and a lot of hematite and 
rose quartz and things like that that's not super expensive but they have um you know they have things that are good for your body if you like that woo woo stuff (laughs) (laughs) um so you know if you start talking to people and you're like yeah this has got tigers on this is what's good for you and you know things like that Uh, you know a lot of people are into that so that makes it easier for them to see the value of it instead Mm -hmm. of thinking well you know that's 14 beads what am i paying for is so do you take the time to explain um your different jury pieces that they like or do you just let them interpret them on their own um i've done a little bit of both and i think it's just reading people to see you know what you know if they walk up and they're immediately like "Ooh, this is tiger's eye then yeah then we're going to talk about tiger's eye and we're going to talk about some woo woo stuff and you know we're going to get all into that and other people kind of look and they're like, mm, what is this? And then I'm like, oh, that's, you know, and then I explain to them what the beads are, how I made it. And really what I find people like is that how I made it, why I made it, what inspired me to make it. Um, you know, my oldest daughter lives in Hawaii. And when I went out last summer to visit her, well, I didn't visit, I moved her out there. That was... <laughs> the whole whole thing but you know while we were out there I went to a a bead store and I bought some beads and I made probably five six pairs of earrings while I was out there and so when I brought those back and people were like oh I really like these and I'm like oh yeah those are a pair I made while I was visiting my kid in Hawaii and they're like what and you know so that gives it a little extra special meaning and you know that I think we all like to have a good story behind something that we have, whether it's a piece of jewelry, a special piece of furniture, uh, maybe an awesome outfit. So, you know, giving them that, you know, feels good. Like sharing that like vulnerable moment. I I think that's Mm -hmm. like the connection instead of it just being like a transaction. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, gets people. It's like, oh, I, I love this. I wanted to, you know, connect with you and bond with you with this. Yeah, it always feels weird when somebody just comes up and is like, I want that bracelet. And, and they don't want to talk about it. They just want to take the bracelet and get, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like they're in a convenience store type of like mindset instead of being like, hey, this is a local artist. You can talk. You can yeah. interact. Yeah, and you know, for me, it, it is about, you know, why I made the piece or what it. it you know, what it means to me when it's done. Um, And I hope that, you know, and I feel like that whether I'm buying something or I'm making it, you know, I I bought stuff from artists and they tell me about how they made it and I get so excited. And then when my friends come over and they see it and they're like, oh, I like that painting. I'm like, let me tell you the story behind it. And, you know, so it just gets you excited about it all over again. (laughs) I love that so much. Um, I had noticed on your Instagram the other day that you were launching creations from the autumn's closet. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, like, how do you come up with the names of your, like, jury lines and, like, the release dates? So, um, creations from autumn's closet is the overall name of my jewelry business. And Mm -hmm. that came from that time way back when, you know, we were renovating the house and I had these few jewelry pieces 
my daughter's closet was a closet slash washer dryer area. Um, the, the house was a single family home. It was broken up into a duplex and we were making it back into a single family home. So in the meantime, she has this huge walk-in closet in her room. And I'm like, I have a crappy closet in my room. <laughs> but, okay, you know, I got the bigger bedroom. So it is what it is. Um, and so I got a little table and I started making stuff in there so that it could kind of be put away. Um, had a small child at the time. And that way all the beads were safe. They weren't going to go in her mouth. And so my oldest daughter's name is Autumn. So I was making my creations in autumn's closet so that's kind of how the name came about oh my god i love that and as far as like the different collections i've launched um uh, i kind of mentioned my woo-woo side a few times (laughs) (laughs) my my last big um collection launch was around the full moon in february And so, you know, I was like, oh, we got a full moon coming up. What's the name of the full moon? And I'm like looking at all the names from, you know, what the Americans call it, what different cultures across the world call it. And I came across the um, Korean name for that month's moon. And it was um, House of the Burning Moon. And I was like, oh, that's really awesome. I'm I'm a fire sign. So anything with burning fire, I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So I called it the Burning Moon Collection. And I launched it at the full moon. And it wasn't moon themed at all. It was, you know, my wooden hand painted earrings. But I hadn't really put them out before. Um, And so usually if I'm going to launch a collection, it's a whole new thing that I haven't done before so like I've got some metal um, pieces that I've been working on and those whenever I've gotten you know 15 to 20 pieces then I will start looking for a name of that and and work on that launch but I'm probably going to do two collections per year um, just to to keep it easy on me Um, Mm -hmm. no pressure I don't know about you, but when I feel like I'm creating specifically for someone or some deadline, it gets kind of hard. It, it blocks my creative flow. Mm-hmm. I Trust me, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I try to do stuff as less stressful as possible. Yes, yes. And if I can play with it for a couple months and get it the way that I like it and then share it, then, then that's the way I want to go every time. Do you sell everything that you make or do you have certain jewelry pieces that you're just like, no, I have to keep this just for myself. These are my babies. Oh yeah, I have (laughs) probably way more than I need. I've got um, four picture frames that I've put the um, plastic wiring behind so that I can like hang my earrings in there. So I've probably got about 40 pairs of earrings that I may never get rid of. Um, and it's same with bracelets. I've probably got 20 or 30. And some of those are like the first ones I've made or the, you know, some that I made with specific stones that I got from, you know, Hawaii or California or, you know, somewhere in my travels. And, you know, wherever I go, I do pick up beads so that I can have something to remember that mm-hmm. trip from. So those probably won't ever leave unless 
I just decide I can't wear jewelry anymore. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, um, do you feel like social media has helped you with your goals? Because I've seen that you've done like lives on Wednesdays and everything like that. You're constantly updating us, keeping us in the know with everything that you got going on on Instagram. So do you feel like that has helped you with your goals? Yeah, it, I think it has. And it's really odd because, you know, you say you, you've seen me do some of the lives on Wednesday and sometimes I'll have so many people join and other times I won't hardly have anyone join, but I will find random people that I didn't see join, didn't comment. And they'll say, oh, hey, I saw your video last week. It was great. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I had no idea. Um, so I, I definitely think it helps get the awareness out there. And, you know, I have people who are like, oh, I need a bracelet. I'm going to go ask Teresa to make this specific thing. Um, I actually just delivered a custom order this morning to a friend of mine who loves Superman. So uh, <laughs> I made him a Superman themed lava bracelet um, and he loved it. And I'm just like, okay. But, you know, and I think keeping it kind of top of mind for people, um, they may not always be in the market when they see my post, but it helps them to think about it later down the line. Um, and I don't always sell a lot off of um, Instagram, but I have people go, oh, you, I saw that you were here. So we showed up. Um, so, so I do think it, it helps whether it always, you know, sometimes it doesn't always feel like it, but it does help whenever you look at the bigger picture. Do you have like any advice for anyone who would like to like try to start making jewelry? Um, yeah, I would say um, find something that interests you as far as like a piece out somewhere, um, whether that's leather, whether that's metal, whether that's beads. Um, and then kind of look at YouTube and find some tutorials on it. The, the YouTube tutorials are good, but that's a one-way conversation. If you get stuck, you can't ask questions. So, you know, after you've kind of gotten a little bit of idea how much work is going to be involved, I would find someone that does it and just say, hey, you know, can we work together? Can you show me a few things? And, you know, depending on who you pick, they may charge for their time. Others may be like, just bring your beads and let's sit at my table for two hours. Um, but I think having someone that you can ask questions to and bounce ideas off of is super helpful. And I know my friends and I have totally different styles. It's so funny because we'll go to the classes and they'll have the um, <laughs> kind of the demo piece. They're like, this is what we're making. We will go to the same class and come out with totally different looking pieces. <laughs> and so, you know, even if your style is very different, you can learn that technique and then make it your own. So do you feel like your style has changed over the years? Like, do you, or do you feel like it's been like consistently and you've just been tweaking and improving it every year? Um, a little bit of both. I think whenever I first started out, I was doing things that I like to do. And then I took some really bad advice. And I will <laughs> tell you guys now, um, if it's not in your heart, don't do it. 
um, because I started trying to make jewelry for football, um, you know, football colors, people to wear football jewelry, and I didn't enjoy it. I didn't sell it because, you know, I wasn't something I really liked. I wasn't like, hey, buy my Tennessee Rawls bracelet. Here's a Georgia bracelet. Mm -hmm. And so I did a little bit of that, just trying to make things I thought would sell, and it didn't really work. So I went back to what I like to do and, you know, just refined it, tried new techniques. Um, but I kind of feel like I've always had a very similar style. Um, I do a lot of boho type free hippie type jewelry. And then I do steampunk, um, which is kind of a fanciful dreamlike, um, you know, lots of gears, lots of balloons and skulls and things like that um you know I got, I got multiple personalities I think <laughs> <laughs> but those are the things that draw me in and when I make those that's what I feel good about and that's what I sell the most of I love that so like um when I was researching I realized that you're really really big on mental health and I admire that so much. Do you want to like tell us about your journey and like how you got into like advocating about mental health? Yeah. Um, so it kind of all goes back to my jewelry making to start with. Um, for me, creativity is my, you know, my feel good. Um, if I don't have a creative outlet, my mental health is not very good. And I didn't realize that until later on, whenever I was like, why do I feel so good when I've spent four hours at my table painting or making jewelry? And so like I said, I kind of gotten out of it just from life stuff. And once I got back into it, I realized how much I really got out of it. Um, I, my sister and I got into crafting. I you know, taught her how to make jewelry. And unfortunately, um, she passed from cancer about five years ago, and I didn't make anything again for a while because I just, every time I did, I thought about her, and I wasn't really in the space to do it. And I found a really awesome program that I went to that taught me about how to, to see what I really wanted out of life, what I, you know, what I enjoyed doing and that brought me right back to my artwork and I realized how many people that I know <laughs> that are so sad and they they feel like their life is terrible and they do nothing that they like and when you're like so what what do you do for fun they're like um I hang out with my kids doing what they want to do and so they they do nothing for themselves so Part of why I got into trying to help other women learn about their mental health and how to do better with taking care of it was because of how bad I felt at that point in my life mm -hmm. where, you know, I actually went to the doctor and I got on an antidepressant and there's you know nothing wrong with that for anyone who needs it. But I ended up staying on it way longer than I needed to because I, I started doing the things that, that were important to me again. And then that's when I was like, why am I taking this? Um, and so I, I, you know, I worked with my doctor. I didn't just like stop or anything, but I realized that what I was taking that medicine for 
was something I could give myself. Now, I know that's not the case for everybody, and I'm not telling anybody to stop their medicine or anything like that, because it is very critical for a lot of people. But for me, it wasn't what I needed. And so I try to help women find ways to bring joy into their life and to to stop and think about how they're treating themselves so that they can be happier and more fulfilled in whatever arena that they're in. You know, some people really thrive in corporate America. Some people really thrive when they've got 14 kids running around. (laughs) And, And knowing that about yourself is so important. And I just, I feel like we don't get enough of that message. Um, so that's where I really started to, to you know, to kind of integrate my my thoughts on mental health with my jewelry making and my painting and my art. Because for me, that's what makes me happy. That's, you know, lights me up at the end of the day to go in and be like, okay, I got brand new beads. Let me make something pretty. So, yeah. So my hope is to, to help other women find that thing that, that makes them happy. I feel like that's the most beautiful message ever because like it is hard discovering yourself it's it's hard you know getting out there and that's a beautiful way of like you know connecting with people and stuff especially like because you do lives and stuff so you're real personal even like when you're at the market and everything like that you're very interactive with people so you're making a real big difference in the community oh thank you thank you Uh, I hope so. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, be known everywhere in the world, but I do want to impact as many people as I can, Um, you know, and I say I work with women, and women are, it's what I know. I'm a woman. That's what I've experienced. Um, I do think some of my information is also helpful for men. Um, It's just, I I don't have the same uh, vocabulary to speak to them about what they've been taught growing up. (laughs) I know what women in the South have been taught and, you know, how how we need to overcome some of that. So, um, one of the things I've noticed and love is that you are part of like a book club. Yes. Can you tell us about that and like let us know like one of your favorite books? Yeah, so um, I started working with this group called Her Success Club. They are um, in California. I can't remember what city, Um, but the lady approached me and was like, hey, you know, we're looking for life coaches to do some training and to do some, you know, workshops. And I was like, cool, I'm, I'm all over it. Let me know. Um, and we did a few workshops and then we started talking about, oh, I want to read this book. I want to read this book. And so now there's a core group of us of four women. Um, and the number fluctuates here and there, but that's why I say the core group is four. Um, and we've read so many different books. And I, I want to say Playing Big by Tara Moore. I think it's Tara Moore. It may be Tara Moore. Um, that was probably the most influential one that I've read. I mean, we do some business books and things like that because we most of us all own our own business, and you know we got some good information out of those. But I think that one has had the biggest impact because it talks about how women speak 
and how that makes that undermines us. So when we're like, oh, I just run a small business, then we are undermining what we do. Mm. And it sounds so different than I run a small business. I do this, I do this, I do this. And just putting that just in there makes such a big difference. Um, and then how we kind of say, oh, well, you want to do this? And we, you know, we don't speak as strongly as we should about our ideas, especially if we are in a business world where women are the minority, then we are, we tend to defer to the men in the room to mm -hmm. make that decision. So it taught me a lot about how I interact with the people in everyday life. You know, how do I defer to them? Do I not defer to them? What, um, you know, what can I do better to mm -hmm. make that, you know, to make, to make the way I communicate with them and show my authority even better? This actually sounds so amazing. It's some, it sounds like something I want to check out. Oh, awesome. I can totally hook you up with it. <laughs> you will love Anna. She runs her success club and she is a firecracker. I love her. Mm -hmm. So do you have any like upcoming projects or collabs or releases or anything like that in the works or are you keeping everything in the vault? Really? Um, actually, I do have a few things in the works. I am working specifically on a coaching plan. Um, I do a lot with, um, I say a lot with women and I'm going to offer a small group teaching. I've typically worked one-on-one -on -one with people in the past and I want to do a small group of about four to six people. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a three month coaching. We're going to work on goal setting, how to achieve goals. It doesn't matter if your goal is to clean out your closet or to start a new business or to build a garden, um, whatever it is, that's, that's what we're going to work on. Oh, it brings like that structure, like that community and everything mm -hmm. like that together. Yeah, it is so important to have a good community and good system of people that are you know, coming together for similar purposes. I mean, our end goal may be different, but we all have something we want to accomplish. And we get tunnel vision and we're like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is the only way to do it. And then at some point <laughs> we're like, it's not working and we can't see anything else. So someone else can come in and be like, oh, just move this over here or just do it this way. And you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. So that's been a huge help for me over the years is just having that support from other women that, you know, give me that little bit of extra um, point of view, I guess. Uh, one of my favorite things that you do on your Instagram is you'll shout your people out or your tribe out mm -hmm. and you call on to others like who's part of your tribe kind of thing. Mm -hmm. and it's like, I really, really love that because you bring a spotlight onto your people, but you always bring, you bring like a, like a kind of like awareness to, to other people. Like, Hey, who is in my tribe? Like, you know, like, let me appreciate the people who's around me. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is because, you know, I didn't really have a large support system, especially of women growing up. 
So that has been my focus. I mean, so many women tear each other down before they'll build up. And I just wanted to get as much goodness out there and say, hey, you know, who, who's helping you right now? And, you know, it doesn't matter if it's another female or another male. We all appreciate being, you know, recognized for helping someone out. So, you know, I don't, I don't care who you tag. If they're helping you out, they deserve to know. Oh, that's amazing. Is there, um, is there anybody you would like to shout out or give like little last minute, um, you know, props to or anything? I know that you've done work with uh, Wonderland Group Brewing Company before. Mm-hmm. And also I am going to tag both of your Instagrams into my show notes. So anybody else that come off, you know, the top of your head? Um... I would say, yeah, Wonderlinger's done a lot for us. The um, the art gallery and the Beyond the Veil event that we hold there, those have been really good for, you know, supporting local artists. Um, as far as an individual, I do have a friend. She's not on Instagram, so we can't tag her. Um, but she has been on this journey with me for about five years now, and her name is Martha and I can call her anytime and be like, girl, I got to tell you some BS. <laughs> She'll be like, okay, let's do it. Um, you know, and if I am, you know, in the wrong, she'll be like, mm, well, <laughs> she'll be like, you might not want to hear this. Um, and I've just really appreciated how she can be honest with me. I can be honest with her. And at the end of the day, we both have each other's best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not always, unfortunately, something, you know, that we find out in the world. That's very true. Um, well, I do want to thank you for taking your time and um, your, your time and your voice and everything like that and being on my podcast. I really do appreciate you. And I know my listeners do as well. Like I said, her Instagram will be in my show notes. And with that being said, everyone, enjoy your day.